curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special... Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship on the first day of 2023. Praise God. Got you ready for God to do some new things? God's a creator. He likes to do new things. He's very creative. Father, we just give you thanks and praise that you are the awesome creator. You created everything, and you're still creating, Lord. You're making all things new. And we bless you and praise you this morning. We give you all the glory. If you're watching online, we say welcome to you as well. Hallelujah, we praise the name of Jesus. Glory to your holy name forever and ever. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together and start to prophesy.
Let's make that a declaration. Who? Whose we are?
morning about God. And all my life you have been so, so good to me, Lord. With every breath that I am made, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, let's sing it out. I will sing of the goodness. Oh, we say this year, Lord, we will sing of your goodness. Oh, your Lord Jesus, we will sing of your goodness. Sometimes we give God praise after he works. How about let's preempt his work with some praise before he works. Let his goodness flow in 2023. Father, we praise you, Lord. We praise you for your goodness and your grace and your kindness and your faithfulness and your patience and your help and your power and your permission. know that he's good. We already know that he's faithful. Amen. So we can praise him because that's already a known reality. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are preparing the way for us. As we journey through this new year, we thank you for the voice of your Holy Spirit, the light of your word, and your presence that goes before us. And Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us right now, in this place, in this moment. And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. There are things that I need to tell you. There are things 
that I need to show you. Take some time and sit at my feet as Mary did. Listen to my voice. Take in what I say, for I have great things to deposit in you, and I will show you all of my ways. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Say, Jesus, I'm going to listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team, for a phenomenal job. They're a great and awesome praise and worship team. They came to us by faith. Amen. I just thank God for the amazing musicians that we have. And we're grateful for your presence this morning, and we're thankful to all those who are watching this. And we're just praising God for how we can touch the nations from Palmyra. Yes. Amen? Amen. Well, we're going to speak the word today, and we have a new confession that talks about God's strength. So we want to invite you to say this new confession and uh, think about getting stronger and stronger. Yes. Amen. Let's make our confession. The, the Lord, Lord is our strength, might, and power. We, we praise and exalt him. The, the creator of heaven and earth does not become tired or grow weary. If we are weary, God gives us strength and increases our power. As we wait on the Lord, we receive strength and our power is replenished. With the Lord's strength, we will run and not become weary, and we will walk and not grow tired. We will carry out the Lord's will. God's grace is sufficient for every challenge, and his power is perfected in us. We have Christ's power abiding in us. We boldly decree that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We do all things right in his sight. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are ready for anything because we are infused with the Lord's power and might. The Lord is our rock and our fortress, and he rescues us from trouble. We trust in him. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Let's say happy birthday. It's Pastor Nadine. It's her birthday today. Thank you. How wonderful. <laughs> I am very excited for the life that God has given me and for the future life that lays ahead. You know, in Psalm 139, it's recorded that God has written a book about each one of our lives. So to this year, just say, God, I agree with what you have written about me in the book of my life. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me be in step with you each step of the way. 
And that's how this year will be like none other for you as you discover what God has written already about your life. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is the first Sunday of January. We are not having the book club, but we will be starting again in February, February 5th, the first Sunday. And the book we will be studying is Discover Your Purpose, Releasing Your Potential by Dr. Fiona. So that book's available in the store or online at Amazon. It's also a Kindle book for those that like to to participate in Kindle. Um, Also, on my announcements here, I have three books that I wrote the end of the year per instruction and grace of the Lord. So those are available. Thank you. Yes, the Lord said it's time. He's been talking to me, and then he he gives me a deadline. (laughs) So the first book I was asking, I wanted something special for my dad's 80th birthday. So celebrating life. That's how I keep God got me pushed off the, the, the edge of the pool and into the waters. And then he said, keep, keep the flow going. So he gave me those titles. And I have several titles that he's given me. For this year, the first is going to be about joy, which I love joy, right? You know who joy is? God. He is so hilariously excited about us. <laughs> All we have to do is say, yeah, that's awesome, and be excited with him. Yeah, there we go. Okay, and then Commission Club, that's an ongoing um, uh, fund that we put funds in for mission trips. And Dr. Fiona will be planning to return to Guyana in January, February of this year. So, if you want to um, give towards that trip as she ministers to the wonderful children of Bless the Children Home. And how exciting that we get to celebrate Pastor Doug and Dr. Fiona all year long. So keep on giving, keep on blessing them. Let, ask the Lord for specific ways that you can be a blessing to them and celebrate and honor them as our pastors. Woohoo! I'm excited for when they go on their trip. That'll be so, so awesome. Had another word in my mouth, but I'll just keep that to myself. Okay, this Tuesday, we have this generation. That's our outreach to the middle school students. They are being um, strengthened in their dreams and visions and equipped with skills and communication abilities Thank you for all who are participating in that. They love to come here and interact with you. They get one-on-one time in the Word with people, and they get to eat. I mean, what middle schooler wouldn't love that? (laughs) And we utilize the Victory Bus for for, um, this generation and for for Bible Adventure. So we're grateful for our Victory Bus. And our victory bus drivers, so praise the Lord. And then um, let me locate myself here. Okay, Tuesday evening, back to Tuesday, that's when we have our youth group. Our youth are the most awesome group of young adults. We go from age 12 to almost 30. And I'm telling you, I consider myself very youthful. So 
it could go beyond because today, in case you're curious, I am 54. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. So um, that new generation Air Force meets at 6 o'clock every Tuesday, 6 to 8, and Miss Dottie provides a meal for us because growing youth like to eat too. And here's a tidbit. Miss Dottie goes above and beyond. She knows what is their favorite. So she constantly brings an ice cream cone. And not just the youth, even the pastors. They come in and they start opening up the freezers to see which freezer has Miss Dottie's ice cream cones in. <laughs> so thank you, Miss Dottie, for blessing us in that way. And then Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. I love Wednesday night refreshing. Hallelujah. Come and be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. Thursday. Isn't this great? We're like, I guess Monday's our day of rest. Then we have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is Bible Adventure. That happens in the afternoons for third, fourth, and fifth graders at Northside and Forge Elementary Schools. Praise the Lord. And then our youth summer camp this year is going to be in Tampa, Florida with Dr. Ron, Ron, Rodney Howard Brown, his revival ministries. And so we're going to what other than the fire conference. <laughs> so we are excited to uh, have the Lord lead us in that direction this year. And thank you all for participating with our Air Force uh, Okay, here we go. Ready? Palazzo Creations. That's how Melissa says it, and she gets it right. You have to raise your voice. Palazzo Creations. So thank you, Melissa. Thank you, everyone, for participating with us in that. And the Lord bless you, and Jesus loves you. Amen. Well, you know I do my testimonial things on this time, but I thought this year... The first Sunday, I'll testify about victory. How about that? We'll do a little what happened this year. You want to hear all the stuff you guys did? This is in no particular order because I, I have a feeling I went backwards in time so I could remember everything. What we need in the church is a historian. If anybody likes history and you like to record things, come talk to me. We need a historian so you can keep track of these things for us. <laughs> And uh, all right, so I'm going to set my timer for five minutes. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so um, in July of this year, 16 people went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to celebrate Rama's 50th year. That was our youth groups project. They went to youth, and they, uh, that was amazing. We, they got to see Tulsa. They got to see where Gabe and Sean were at the time. Now Kelsey is there. Um, so that happened. And then Pastor Doug went to India. I think that was your only trip last year, right? Pastor Doug went to India to teach in a Bible school, a Rama Bible school in India. Um, three of us went to Guyana to the Blessed Children home. Uh, that was Miss Lisa's first third world country trip. And she had an experience. <laughs> she's, still, she's still recovering from that trip, I believe. <laughs> um, we have two new stoves in our kitchen. This is all stuff you did, guys. This is great. Two new stoves in the kitchen. We updated our air conditioning unit, right? That was this year for this summer. Um, we repaired the stage, the background. We kind of cleaned things up a bit just for change. It wasn't dirty or anything. We just made a change. 
Um, the youth group went to three Let Us Worship events, you know, with Sean Foyt. Uh, they went two times to Philadelphia, one time to Lancaster. I think we went to Lancaster with them. And uh, that's where our youth group, they've been traveling this year. <laughs> um, Pastor Doug and I have been teaching. Um, I teach the widows in Kenya. We taught several lessons last year. And Pastor Doug's been teaching the pastors in Kenya via Zoom. And so we've been doing that uh, several times throughout the year. Pastor Doug would set that up. And so what has happened as a result, when Pastor Doug's teaching the pastors in Kenya, the uh, pastors that are on Zoom with him are in their churches most of the time with a congregation listening to what Pastor Doug's preaching and teaching them. And one of the major things they learned this year was about the Holy Spirit. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, they also learned about faith and about healing. It was things that they never even knew about. So so we are literally, um, Pastor Doug, uh, through you guys, you're helping us because we're able to do all this because we're part of Victory. And we represent Victory when we do these things, by the way. And uh, so churches in Africa are experiencing the Holy Spirit, the move of God, from the, the, the pastors, the war we're doing here. Amen. I think it would be great if the youth could extend themselves to Africa. Wouldn't that be great? We'll have youth group services in Africa. (laughs) And, uh, okay, then uh, our youth group again, I think it was two or three days, they went to YWAM in Lancaster, YWAM. They had a Jesus rally. So the youth group went to Jesus rally. That was just this past couple weeks ago. Um, We had... So we had some testimonies. One of them was somebody was somebody from this church was going to say goodbye to their sister who was on their deathbed, and I got a wind of it. <laughs> I said, "No, that cannot be." And the sister is now well. Amen. She comes to church here too, and praise God. Amen. Um, we had people healed of COVID. Yeah. And we have, okay, we got a new school bus. Well, it's new to us, but we got a school bus this year, right? We started this generation. That's how we started it on Tuesdays. We started a Shopify store online. That's new, right? I have your Shopify store and much, much more. Um, we sent, we had one new Rama student, uh, Miss Kelsey, that went to Rama. All this happened at Victory. You come here on Sundays and Wednesdays, and you just think, oh, oh, victory. Here we are again. <laughs> but there are lots of victories that are happening in the background. We had several marriage situations resolved this year at Victory. You know what I'm saying? We had lots of relationships that we got to speak into, families. All this happens on a regular basis. We help people with their purpose. We did the whole woven thing this last three months. Several women were able to write down and define a purpose for their lives. Um, and others got to hear what it's all about so they can make decisions. All that happened this year. We had uh, in the education realm, we had two people completed their master's this year. Isn't that awesome? And we had two people completed Bible degree programs, right? We have one person who finished up everything in their master's. They just have one more thing to do, and they'll finish that this year. And then, of course, we had the doctorate, right? That's a new. I expect more doctors out of victory. Amen. And uh, let's see here. Oh, 
a brand new furnace was given to a widow in our church this year from a business. The business came to evaluate what was wrong with their furnace. It wasn't working. Oh, my time's up. And, uh, <laughs> and they, they mentioned they couldn't do it, you know, financially do it. And the company gave them it for free. Amen. Isn't that awesome? We had new songs that were written. You sang some of them and you didn't know we wrote them, but we didn't write them. But people from the team wrote them. In the youth group, they get all these new songs and we sing them. We'll probably sing a lot more this year. Um, oh, new authors this year. Right out of victory. New authors. We had Miss Nadine for the first time. And we had several people write several books. Of course, Pastor Doug and I um, uh, wrote several books. What, did I miss anything this year? The, we had the two conferences. I mean, we had hundreds of services this year. Between the conferences, between the kids' school, we had, a lot, we had more kids join in to come to uh, our regular services through the school programs that we do. We had their parents come to church for different things. So you are doing a good work. <laughs> so keep it up. Amen. So when you come here and you give and you give your time, you give you volunteer to do something, you give your offerings and all this, you see it just like, what did they do with it? Well, I just shared just a few things that I remember off the top of my head. Uh, we need a, a historian, by the way, so I didn't forget about that. Tell me if you want to be our historian. And we had several healings that happened in this church. We had people, uh, people would call uh, on Facebook, people would inbox me and ask for prayer for healing uh, that aren't part of our church. And uh, they, um, and they would just, they would get healed. And, you know, so this all happens behind the scenes. Our YouTube channel, 50,000 views were done in the last, since we've had it, 50,000 views. We don't advertise or do anything, you know, but 50,000 people plays, 50,000 plays on what we put out there. Amen. Uh, The Facebook uh, group the facebook page of course we're doing all these things you guys are part of amen so when the enemy tries to tell you that your life is not so valuable what are you doing with your life and blah 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 i say, well let me tell you <laughs> this is what i'm part of <laughs> amen amen so i want to tell you this year as you go into this year that you are not trying to overcome anything you are going to the destination following an instruction that God gave you. On the way there, if anything should so happen to get in your way, you happen to have overcoming power to go right through it. You have several options. The thing has several options. You could either go through it, and it can stay where it is and just leave. You could kill it, stop it from existing, You could knock it over. But the one thing you don't want to do is stop and have dinner with it. Because then you're starting a relationship with the wrong thing on the way to the instruction. You got it? So this year, whatever thing shows up on your way to the destination and the instruction God gave you, to do what he asked you to do this year, you, you pick the choices you want to do. You have the authority to do any of those things. And the name of Jesus is a pretty good name to take care of business. Amen? So don't see yourself as, well, I'm able to overcome anything that comes. No, 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 no. 
I'm able to do every assignment God asked me to do. That's how you change the wording. Amen? That's how you do the victory thing. I don't think of myself, well, I'm able to overcome every obstacle that ever come in my way. Well, that's a given. <laughs> now what do you do? Like, the obstacles don't determine my assignment. Think, remember this. Your goal in life is not to go overcome obstacles. You didn't come here just to overcome obstacles. You came here to do something. The obstacles show up because that's their job. That's the enemy just wants to stop what you're doing. You are still, your destination is where you're going. Whatever assignment that is. Amen? So the question for you to ask God today is, what is my assignment for this year? What do you have for me to do starting now? What do you want me to do? That's what I'm doing. Amen? Everything else has to get out of the way. That includes sickness, disease, lack, people talking bad about you, the door shutting in your face. Remember, ASK, ask, seek, knock. You have to do those three things for the things to happen. Amen? I'm not preaching today. Thank you. God bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you know, um, our Kenya connection... And our first India connection was a direct result of them seeing us online. Um, we, we got in, I got invited to, to Kenya because Bishop Keegan saw us online, and then he came here, and the first time I met him was at the uh, bus station. And uh, same thing from uh, India, and then, um, so God is using us. Here's one of the pastors from Kenya. Uh, he said, uh, praise God, Reverend, hope you and uh, family together with the church, uh, you are doing well. We thank God for using you to be a blessing to us this year. Indeed, we've benefited as a family, church, and other churches. Also, we appreciate you for your sacrificial deeds and willingness to equip us with the truth of the gospel and enable us to gain more knowledge about the will of God pertaining our lives and so enabling us to find our inheritance and blessing in God. Hallelujah. And uh, praise God. All right, before I uh, dismiss the kids, uh, I want to share something from Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And uh, what God said to Abraham, our father in the faith. You know, God knows your heart. He knows what kind of person you are. And uh, you might be able to hide it from everybody else, but God really knows who you really are. And when he spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 1, the Bible said, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of your country, and from your kindred, and from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. Notice he didn't tell him where he was going. He just told him to get out, and he had to keep following the Lord to know where he was going to end up. See, i got to keep following the Lord. Okay? So he knew that Abraham was going to go. He knew that Abraham was a giver. Because notice what he said in verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation. This is a man who hadn't even had kids yet, but he was going to become a nation. Can you say Amen. And I will bless you and make your name great. Now, this is the part I want you to see. And you shall be a what? Why does God bless us? So that we can be a blessing. Say, I'm a blessing. 
because I'm blessed. God knew that you were going to be a giver. So he blesses you. He entrusts to you wealth and riches because he knows what kind of person you are. You're going to pass it on. Amen? Especially as the Holy Spirit leads. So first day of the uh, year, it's a great day to give God the first fruits of all of our increase. Amen? To set the tone for the year in your tithes and in your offerings and your giving. And Father, I give you thanks and praise that every giver is blessed. Every gift that they give, Father, is multiplied. And you do great and mighty things with it. And you give them a great and mighty reward for their gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. So anytime during the service, you can give there. And as you come in, those are our seed planters. And if you're watching online, of course, go to our website and uh, you can give that way. Hallelujah. Here's something funny. Uh, you know, maybe you're a big fan of resolutions. Well, resolutions are only as good as the resolve that they are made with. Anyway, here are some biblical resolutions. If people in the Bible would make a resolution. Uh, Rahab, you know, the story of uh, Joshua and Rahab. She said, debauchery and deception are so, so last year. Heart is ready for 12 months reinvention and restoration. All right. Ruth, here's Ruth's uh, New Year's resolution. Turning over a new sheaf, done with multi-faith online dating, ready for good old-fashioned matchmaking. (laughs) Here is the resolution of Balaam. Balaam. For starters, booting all Dr. Doolittle movies from my Netflix queue. Hashtag been there, done that. Here is a... Jeremiah's resolution, buy stock in Kleenex, hashtag Kleenex. He's known as the weeping prophet. Here's Ezekiel's New Year's resolution, Ezekiel. Note to self, books are for reading, not for eating. Hashtag, what was I thinking? That's where he was told to eat the scroll. Here's Hosea, the prophet Hosea's New Year's resolution. I'll get her to love me yet. This is the year I can feel it. God had him marry a prostitute who kept leaving him. Okay. This is uh, Naaman's, uh, the man who was healed from leprosy. Naaman's resolution. Start bathing more. Does wonders for your health. (laughs) Here's uh, Zacharias, the father of John. Zacharias' New Year's resolution. We'll be exercising my voice with new motto, never second guess an angel of the Lord. <laughs> Here is James, who authored the book of James, his resolution. No matter what happens this year, count it all joy. Yes, I'm serious. No, I'm not joking. Why are you looking at me like that? And then finally, uh, Timothy. Uh, Timothy's resolution at Coach Paul. Said to flee the desires of the youth. We'll do that, but what about the desires of middle age? (laughs) All right, we have some amazing kids in this place and amazing teachers and helpers and volunteers. So kids, we want to dismiss you to experience life every day. Hallelujah. Living in faith every day. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, the Holy Ghost is so good. 
from the moment worship began and the things that were said by other people, he has just weaved the message that he wants to speak today, and he has confirmed it several times. Dr. Fiona asked, what's your assignment? Well, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Today, on the first day of 2023, we are going to walk in the perfect will of God. You know, God has made a will. And he wants you to know what his will is. He's had a plan for you since you were born. And maybe you're single and maybe you wonder, who am I going to marry? God has a plan. And he has a will. And if you follow his will, you will run smack dab into the blessing. Maybe you're retired and you say, what am I going to do now that I'm not working? God has a plan and he has a will. And if you just listen to him, he'll tell you what to do in this season of your life. I'm an empty nester. What am I going to do now? God has a plan. He has a will. And if you listen to him, what, what to do, he will show you what to do. Because God wants you to walk in his perfect will. God's will for your life is perfect. But he gives you the opportunity to follow his will. He won't force his will on you. If God could force his will, he would make everybody get saved and we'd be in heaven right now. But God never forces you to do his will. He gives you the opportunity to choose. And he lets you choose whether you want your will or his will. And if you choose your will, there are consequences for that. You know, uh, a minister said, you know, sometimes the devil's not the problem, it's the disobedience that's the problem. How many know disobeying God will get you into trouble? Because it's an inv- disobedience is an invitation to the devil to say, come on in and have your way. Okay? So, God has a, say, God has a perfect will for me. And he's made it accessible. You can find it. You can discover it. You can have it. And you can walk in it. You know, whenever the Bible talks about walk, it's everyday living. When it talks about running, it's the whole life. But when he talks about walking, it's everyday living. God wants you to live every day in his perfect will. All right? Jesus came to demonstrate the will of the Father. Things that he said showed what the Father wanted, showed what the Father liked, showed what the Father was interested in. Things that he did. Does God want me healed? Of course. Jesus went about healing. That's the will of God. Say, it's God's will for me to be completely whole, head to toe, in and, in and out, and all around. That's God's will. You know, God's will is for everyone to be saved, but not everyone is saved. Why? Because they haven't accepted his will, even though it's available to them. All right, I want you to go to the book of Colossians chapter one. And, uh, you know, God doing God's will 
produces a lasting reward. God rewards people for doing what he wants them to do. And there are consequences for not doing what God wants us to do. Okay? There are two sides to every coin. On the throne that Jesus sits on, there are two foundations. One is righteousness. The other is justice. All right? And, uh, you know, uh, hallelujah. Worldly success does not have a lasting reward. It has a temporary reward. People could have money and fame and fortune, but a lot of that brings messed up lives. I'm not saying it's all like that. And, but here's the good thing. You can be rich and wealthy and serve God. You don't have to have one or the other. Oh, Jesus was a poor preacher. Really? How many poor people have treasuries? Treasurers. If you need a treasurer, you're not poor. Right? I can do my own math if I'm poor. But if I'm rich, I need someone to do my math for me. Right? Poor people don't walk around with a treasurer. A treasurer handles your substance. All right? But another message at another time. Colossians chapter 1. You know, have you ever wondered... Boy, I wish there was someone that I could talk to about what to do with my life. There is. He's called your Father God. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's called the Lord Jesus Christ. I I wish that there was something that I could read that would show me what I need to do. There is. It's called the Bible. There's every area of life that's covered in this book. If you want to know how to do it right, it's in there. Okay? And in Colossians chapter 1... Paul is praying for the people, for the church of Colossae. He might as well be praying for the church of Palmyra, the church of Victory Christian Fellowship. All right? Starting in chapter 1, verse 9, he said, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Say filled with his will. God wants you to be filled. Not empty, not void, but filled with the knowledge of his will. Knowing what his will is at any given moment, any given day, any given time. God wants you to know that you know that you know what he wants, what he requires, what he expects. He's praying for you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Aren't you glad that you can be filled? God wants you to know his will, so he wrote his will in a book, and he gave you the opportunity to pray about being filled with his will, to ask him. Paul is praying for a church. We're the church, amen? The church is the called out ones, the ecclesia. You've been called out of darkness. How many have been called out of darkness? Say that I'm the church. Yeah, this building is not the church. This is where the church meets. But the people are the church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my people. They're going to be my temple. I'm going to inhabit them, glory to God. But he... 
In order for you to be the temple, you've got to be filled with the knowledge of his will. You don't have to wonder what his will is. You can know it. Say, I can know it. He made it so easy, so accessible, so available. God took time to write this book for you. That's how much he wanted you to know his will. There should be no doubt in your mind. I found what God's will for my life was. But you know what? I had to seek it, but we're getting there. Okay? So, he wants you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. How? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He wants you to know how to apply his will in your life. That's the wisdom. And he wants you to understand his will for your life. That's the operation. Wisdom is the application. Understanding is the operation. How many went through driver's ed or you trained to drive before you got your license? Right? Or how many just got into the car and started driving and you were good? (laughs) Well, praise God for you. But you know what? The greater you understand something, the easier it is to operate it. How many ever been on the job the very first time? You're like, what do I do? Right? People have to show you what to do, where to go, where things are, right? But once you know, it's, it's understanding increases your ability to operate in it. So God wants to fill you with the knowledge of his will with all, ever say all wisdom. You have access to all wisdom. You have access to the spirit of wisdom. Your wisdom is Jesus. We've got the wisdom of the universe at our fingertips. The Bible knows more than Google. The Bible knows more than Google will ever know. There's no algorithm. There's no math uh, uh, complexity of problem that will ever go beyond the knowledge of God. All right? God doesn't need an algorithm. He's got the Holy Ghost. Okay? So he's going to fill you with... See, now, you, you can pray this. You can put your name in and you say, Father, I thank you that I am filled with the knowledge of your will. In every season of my life, I know what to do. I know where to go. I know who to be. God wants you set for every season. We're in the winter season now, Right? At times you might need a jacket, at times you might not. But you adapt, you make changes in the season that you're in. God knows that there's going to be different seasons, but he wants you to know his will. You can pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual, but he didn't stop there. That you might walk worthy of the Lord. You know what? God wants you to represent him. And he requires a worthiness. He requires honor. He requires respect. You're not just, you're not just representing Joe Schmo, some schlub off the, off the, that was living on the street. You are representing Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the creator of the universe, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who we're representing. So if you're going to carry out God's will, there has to be some dignity and respect how you carry yourself. Walk worthy of who? The Lord. He's the standard. He's the model. He's who we follow. You don't walk worthy of a man. You walk worthy of the man, Jesus. 
He's the standard. He's the example. Unto all pleasing. When you do God's will, it pleases him. He is pleased when people take his will and do it in everyday living. Okay? And being fruitful in every good work. Listen, God, God, when you do God's will, you will produce fruit. Fruit will just happen. It'll just spring up. Right? How many know God's interested in fruit? And when you start producing fruit, he'll prune you so that you can produce more fruit. God's into fruitfulness. Do you realize fruitfulness was the blessing that God spoke to Adam? Be fruitful and multiply. God wants you to be fruitful. If you're, if you're not going to do God's will, you'll be fruitless. You'll only be fruitful by doing God's will. And increasing, I must say increasing, in the knowledge of God. You've got to know, see, if you're doing God's will, you're going to continue to learn things about God that you didn't know. You've got to continue to learn. How do I learn about God? Study. Study what? Study his word. Devote yourself to God's word. This is all part of doing his will. You can't just have the same knowledge you had 25 years ago and expect that to be good for today. You got to listen. You got to. The Bible is a living book. You should read the Bible every year. Now, I'm, I'm almost done reading it from the Bible plan I started on, on 2019. But see what when I read the word, sometimes I stop and I take notes. I have extensive notes. I mean, this sermon is only 10 pages. So I gave you a discount. <laughs> but, you know, most of my sermons are anywhere from 10 to 20 pages. I don't give you all 10 and 20 pages all at once. Thank God. But I'm a teacher. That's what I do. I study. I, I look for explanations. I explain words. I give definitions. Why? I'm a teacher. Phil, Dr. Fiona could just get up here and God just download stuff to her. Man, that would be awesome. But I'm not prophetic. I'm a teacher. She's prophetic. She gets it on the spot, but that's great because that's how God uses her. And that's okay. I'm not jealous. I support that. I, I actually think it's really cool. I mean, she did try to take notes like me, and that was hilarious. <laughs> Just as much as it would be hilarious if I tried to minister how she ministered, that would be hilarious. Why? Because we're different. You want to celebrate your differences. Say it's okay to be different. Just be you. And if you're married, support each other being you. You be you and you be you, right? Be you together. All right? He didn't stop there. See, if you're going to do God's will, it's going to require strength. Notice what he said in verse 11. Strengthened with a little bit of might. With all might. Everybody say all might. So God makes all wisdom and all might available to you to do his will. Don't you think that he wants you to do his will? After today, you're not going to have any more excuses of why you don't do God's will. Sometimes we need to 
tell the excuses to go to hell. I'm talking about a place. Oh, Pastor Cust. No, I didn't. But now, now everybody's awake. Woo. How does God strengthen you? We're going to have fun today. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. God does not expect you to carry out your will on your own strength, on your own ability. No, he partners with you according to his strength and according to his glorious power. His power is unlimited. His power is unfading. His power is available anytime. You might be physically weak, but he is strong. You know, weariness affects a person physically. Your spirit doesn't get weary, but your body does. But thank God the Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Why? God gives you his strength. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience. Everybody say patience. Patience. Did you know that when you do God's will, you produce the Holy Spirit's fruit? Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say patience. It takes time. You are not going to do everything that God wants you to do in one day. It takes time. You've got to walk with God. Day by day by day. It's called living by faith. Yes, there are times when God will speed up the process, but there are other times you've got to walk through. Wouldn't it have been nice for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not to go into the oven? But they had to go in the oven, right? Why? Because Jesus wanted to have a party in the oven. And he doesn't party alone. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the oven, but God was right there with them, and they didn't even smell like smoke. See, you've got to be willing to do God's will so much that even if you go through an oven, you're going to still do God's will. You can't use excuses of things that come up in life that say, I'm not going to do God's will because of this circumstance. No. That's not doing God's will. Oh, wouldn't it have been great if Jesus could save us without going to the cross? But guess what? He had to go to the cross. That was part of the plan. I'm sure that Paul would have loved not to be thrown in prison. But being thrown in prison didn't stop him from doing God's will. Amen? Too many people use excuses that occur in life as to quit following God. Excuses are useless. You've got to have some resolve. You've got to have some intestinal fortitude. You've got to have some strength about you. Besides, it's not your strength anyway. It's God's. Okay? So you, it's going to take patience and long-suffering. Why patience? Patience is with what you, you, you can't do anything about. Long-suffering is with people. Everybody smile. Say, I'm suffering long. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Part of doing God's will is going to involve people. Jesus, let me, I'm going to give you into a big insight. Jesus is in the people business. Anything you do for God is going to involve people. God didn't call you to be a hermit. 
living in a cave by yourself. What God has called you to do, what God has assigned you to do is going to involve people. And people are going to push you to the limit. People are going to stand on every nerve that they can. But you, but long suffering is a fruit that has to do with people. Patience has to do with things you can't control. Long suffering has to do with your relationship with people. Did Jesus have long suffering? Yeah, when, when he had disciples that said, should we go call thunder on? Should we call lightning down on them? He said, you don't know what spirit you are. He raises from the dead and one of his closest disciples, Thomas, did, he doubted that he did it. Peter said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then he denies it, knowing him three times to a little girl even. Okay. And then I like this last part with joyfulness. Let me tell you something. If you want doing God's will will, will give you the greatest joy that you've ever known. Doing God's will has an essence of joy about it. I love doing what God called me to do. I love it. I'm passionate about it. It hasn't stopped me because there's joy. Listen, the problems can't take my joy away. They didn't give me the joy. My joy comes from Jesus. There is joy in doing his will. All right, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Woo! Do you realize an inheritance requires a will? God made a last will and testament and put your name in it. And it's this last will and testament that tells us what he's given to us, tells us what belongs to us, and gives us legal right to claim it. This is God's will. God's word and his will are synonymous. Because I love cinnamons. Synonyms. And I love cinnamon too. But you just don't mix them up. Okay? All right? So, this is all connected to doing God's will. Today, you can be filled with the knowledge of his will. With all wisdom and spiritual understanding, you can begin to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being strengthened with might, hallelujah, and uh, having patience, long-suffering, and joy, and giving thanks to the Father. You're going to be grateful when you start doing God's will. God's will is not a burden, it's a blessing. God's will is not a weight, it's freedom. Jesus said himself, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if your burden is heavy, you didn't get it from Jesus. Maybe you added some stuff to it, right? Maybe you let someone else pack your luggage and you're over the 50-pound limit. (laughs) Hallelujah. So God wrote his will in a book. Jesus followed the book. Did you know that Jesus discovered who he was in the book? All right, go to Luke chapter 4 for a minute. Luke chapter 4. I'm just flowing with the Holy Ghost right now. 
Hallelujah. Verse 16. <laughs> I might say some things that will be strong, but they need to be said. Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was. Everybody say, as his custom was. I don't need to go to church, really. Jesus did. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't regularly go to church, you're not in God's will. Who's building this church? Jesus said, the gates of hell, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who bought the church? Jesus. What did he buy it for? Blood. If you buy something with blood, don't you think it'd be important? And he said, I'm the head of the church. Well, if you're the head of something, don't you think it'd be important? Okay, I'm getting off that soapbox now. That's for everybody watching. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I want you to see, as his custom was, so he's attending synagogue. That's what Jewish boys did. You know, they, in Jesus, when Jesus was on the earth, they didn't have a church. Church didn't come till after Acts. All they had was synagogues. Okay? But he went there as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That's, that's worship. They're having their worship service. And stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book. Everybody say the book. It was actually a scroll. Of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, say he opened the book. Jesus read the Bible even though he knew the Bible. Because he was the walking Bible. He was Bible man. Say he, he opened the book and he found the place where it was written. Say he found the place. He knew where to look. Amen. He found the place. That means he must have read it before. This, must, this was not the first time he read it. Come on, somebody. Why? Jesus was interested in doing his father's will more than anything. He found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. Say he closed the book. When you're done reading, you're done. Amen. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. (laughs) What a sermon. Today I'm going to read from the book of Isaiah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, praise the Lord, we're done. Praise God. (laughs) No. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Everybody say the scripture fulfilled. That's doing God's will. Doing God's will is fulfilling the scripture. It's doing what God said in his book. Let me tell you something. If you don't do what's in the book, God's not going to tell you anything else. If you don't do the known word of the will of God, you're not going to discover the unknown will of God. 
if you don't do what's in the book, you're not going to hear anything else. God's not going to give you instructions that are apart from the book. If you're not doing what the book says, you got to do what the book says till you get more information. Amen? God loves the book. Go to Psalm uh Go to, go to Psalm 40, Psalm 40 and verse 7. Whew, are you having a good time? I'm having a blast. Psalm 40, verse 7. There's something about the last day of the year and the first day of the year. I feel unhinged. Everybody say, let it flow, let it flow. Well, you know what? You got to get in the flow too. Did you know it's not up to the preacher? It's up to the, there, there are three people involved in this service today. You, me, and the Holy Ghost. And I can put the brakes on, you can put the brakes on, but the Holy Ghost will never put the brakes on. But if we put the brakes on, it's hard for him to move. You know, so we all got to be connected. We, we have the same spirit. It's not a different spirit. Amen. We got to be hooked up in the spirit. Say, I'm hooked up. Say, I'm with you. All right, Psalm 40, verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. You know what? I discovered God's will for my life, so I can help you discover God's will for your life. I know what God wants me to do. So if you don't know what God wants you to do, I can help you. Dr. Fiona can help you. That's what we do. My calling is to help people find their treasure and inheritance in God's word. That's why we say that phrase in our confession. Inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Hebrews 10.7. Oh yeah, that's... There we go. It's quoting Psalm 40 verse 7. Then I said... Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus, the great high priest. Jesus found his will, what God wanted him to do, in the book. I guess since he's our example, you can find what you're supposed to do in the book too. If it was good for Jesus, it's good for you. If it's good for the head, it's good for the body. Amen? All right? God's will is what you were created to do, assigned to do, solutions you were called to solve, right? God's will is solutions to problems. It's God's way of doing, being, and living. That's what God's will is. It's his kingdom business. Say, I'm, I'm employed in kingdom business. At the age of 12, Jesus knew that he had to be about his father's business. Where was he? He was hanging out in the synagogue. He was hanging out in the temple. He was asking questions. He was giving answers. What was he doing? He was studying the word. Samuel, from a baby, after he was weaned, he dedicated his life to serve God. Did Hannah have regrets doing that? No. Hannah was blessed. She sold her son into the kingdom, into the service of God. She considered it a privilege, a delight. She was willing to do it. She didn't think twice about it. God didn't say, you got to give your son. That was what she offered to God. You give me a son and I'm going to give him to you. That's doing God's will. 
You know, God's will, there's an exchange. He gives you an instruction, and you give him your obedience. And you come together. Instruction meets obedience, creates power. But the instruction has to meet obedience. If the instruction is just there by itself, there's no power. But the power happens when the obedience meets the instruction. When the action meets the word. All right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just think about this question. Keep smiling and looking forward and nobody will know I'll be talking about you. That's what my New Testament survey teacher would always say. Whose will are you fulfilling in your life? Yours or God's? Everyone chooses which will is carried out. So ask yourself, whose will am I doing? Mine or God's? All right? Hallelujah. You can know God's will in general, the Bible, or you can know God's will in specific. That's personal relationship. Everybody can read the Bible and figure out, okay, this is how I'm supposed to live. This is how I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to treat people, right? This is the kind of employee I need to be, the kind of son I need to be, the kind of father I need to be, the kind of husband I need to be. It's all in there, right? That's general. But then as you talk with the Lord in prayer and you spend time in his presence, he's going to speak to you specific. You can't read in the Bible, Doug, go to Ramah. That's not in the Bible. How did I know? To go to Ramah if it's not in the Bible. I had a conversation with my creator. I spent some time talking with him, seeking out his will. I told God, I said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to be, I'll be. I put no, no hindrance, nothing on God. I let him make the decision. Why? He's Lord. Say, he's Lord. And he knows best. He has a lot more information than we do. He has a lot better perspective than we do. He has a lot greater insight than we do. He created the world. He knows how it operates. Plus, he walked in it as a man. He knows. He knows how you feel. He knows what you think. And he knows more about you than anybody else knows. And he loves you. Say, he loves me. Hallelujah. Okay? You can know God's overall plan for your life and what to do every day. All right? You can know the steps to take. Hallelujah. God wants you to understand his will. Ephesians 5.17 says, understand what the will of the Lord is. Say, God wants, me, God wants you to understand. He made it simple. The will of God is not some complex uh, problem. It's a very simple thing. Why? God wants you to do it. He wants you to partake of it. He wants you to activate it. So he made it simple. Amen? We, com- we make things too complex. God makes it simple. We make it complex. Knowing and doing God's will is pleasing him and it's being fruitful. Hallelujah. God's perfect will is doing what God wants you to do with your whole being at any given moment. Okay? But God has a permissive will too. God's permissive will is you doing what you want rejecting God's input or advice I'll give you an example it wasn't God's will for Israel to have a king okay he wanted to be their king right but what did the people do (laughs) 
We want a king. We want a king. If you have kids and they whine, sometimes you give in just to make the whining stop. Come on, if you say amen, have you been there? Yeah. Sometimes you compromise just so the whining stops, right? So Israel was whining. We want to be like other nations. But it wasn't God's will. But he said, okay, I'll give you what you want. It wasn't God's will for Israel to die in the wilderness. But because a group of people kept talking about death, wouldn't get death off their mind, wouldn't get death out of their mouth. They kept going, we're going to die out here. You brought us out here to die. He didn't bring them out here to die. He brought them out there to live. But they kept talking death, 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 death. What happened? They got what they wanted. It wasn't God's will. But the people got what they wanted. So God's permissive will is doing what you want, rejecting God's input or advice. I'm going to do it my way, okay? God will let you do it your way. He's not going to force you to do it his way. But then don't cry to him when the consequences come. But God's perfect will, let me say this again, is doing what God wants with your whole being at any given moment. What does God want you to do with your eyes? What does he want you to do with your ears? What kind of thoughts does God want you to think? Did God tell us, did God give us some inclination of what thoughts we should think in his word? You mean God's concerned about what I think? Yes. Because your thoughts have power over you. What you think on, you become. What you, what you think on, you go in that direction. Where the mind goes, the man follows. That's what Joyce Meyer said. Okay? So I want God's perfect will, not his permissive will. Jonathan Goforth said this. He was a great missionary to China influenced by Hudson Taylor, he said, in all things, seek to know God's will and, and when known, obey at any cost. When you know what God's will is, be willing to obey at any, any cost. Say any cost. <laughs> Did you know that it was God's will for Paul to be an apostle, not a persecutor, but he was persecuting the church? And so God showed Paul how many things he was going to suffer. How would you like to be called, right? God shows up. He's talking. He says, okay, Doug, you're called to go preach, but this is what you're going to suffer. Paul had to choose a call that would take him into suffering. What did Paul suffer? Imprisonment, persecution, beatings. But yet, what did he do? He chose to do God's will. He had a strong resolve. It didn't matter what he was going to suffer. He was going to follow God. Because he knew that there would be greater rewards than that. Can you say amen? We've got to be like Paul. Hallelujah. Don't worry, it's going to get better. Okay? All right. What is the will? God's will, it's to desire, or the word itself means to desire or wish. It means often referring to God's preferred will, his best offer. Everybody say his best offer. You know, everything that God offers is good. It's good beyond our imagination, right? The word will is focusing on the result hoped for with the particular desire It's nearly always used of God referring to his preferred will. All right? 
Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I'm just going to uh, give you a few things here, and then I'm going to help you do God's will. How many want to do God's will? Amen. You know, we want God's will done here in this church, in Palmyra, in, in our city, in our nation. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, talking is good, but if all you do is talk, that's not so good. All right? But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. It's one thing to talk about doing God's will, but it's another thing to do God's will. God is looking for some doers. Yeah, he wants you to talk about it, but he wants you to back up your talk with some action. Right? You can't just say, I'm going to do God's will. No, you got to do it. Just do it. Right? I mean, Nike, they were inspired. Just do it. Well, it applies to the kingdom. God wants you to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. Because you're blessed in your doing. Are you here or have you gone home already? You know, we live in a world where people want to go their own way. Do their own thing. Right? Live by their own terms. Do what they want to do regardless of what God says. Well, since you didn't write the Bible, and you didn't create the world, and you didn't sacrifice yourself on the cross so that others could be saved, then I guess we got to listen to what Jesus said. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 50. Hallelujah. Well, um, let's, let's back up verse 48. Well, verse 47. <laughs> then one said unto him, he's talking to Jesus, Behold, your mother and your brethren stand without desiring to speak with you. Okay? You know, Jesus had four half-brothers and at least two sisters. After, uh, after he was born. And then, uh, then one said to him, your mother and your brethren stand without desiring to speak to you. Verse 48. But he answered unto them and told him, who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward the disciples and said, behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother, sister, and mother. So God values doing uh, his will as a close relative. Amen? If you're in the family of God, that means you're going to do God's will. Well, you got born again. You did God's will right there. Right? And wasn't being born again good? How many people were harmed by getting born again? You know, you you didn't need a band-aid after you said, Jesus, come into my heart. You didn't even need an aspirin. It was easy. And the effects are lasting. You got everlasting life. You got eternal life. Amen? And it was the easiest thing you did, but you did God's will. You see how easy doing God's will is? 
No one can tell me how hard it is uh, to do God's will. Not if you got born again. God didn't make you jump through hoops. He didn't make you do cartwheels. He, he, he made you confess him as Lord. He didn't make you, but you chose to. He gave you an offer you couldn't refuse, and you accepted it. Amen? All right, go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And look at verse 2. Probably a familiar verse. This is uh, when the disciples asked him about prayer. Luke eleven two, he said, he said to them, when you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, as in earth. Did you know that we, God's will is being done in heaven without any uh, opposition? There's no one complaining in heaven. Why do I got to do that? Why do I got to go there? Why do I got to witness? Why do I got to give? There's no one saying, oh, we're worshiping again in heaven? Come on. No one's saying that in heaven. Everybody in heaven is compliant. They're excited. They're just enjoying doing God's will without any restrictions. It's our unregenerated flesh that gets in the way down here. But notice, God wants his will done as it is in heaven on earth. Is it possible to have heaven on earth? Yeah, when you're following Jesus, you can. Amen? Hallelujah. So, go to John chapter 5. Let's look at some some thoughts about Jesus doing his Father's will. John chapter 5. Hallelujah. Y'all doing good? How many stayed up? past midnight boy when it turned midnight Josiah shouted I didn't need firecrackers I had a Josiah I didn't need to shoot a gun in the air I had a Josiah he got excited it was great hallelujah glory to God John chapter 5 and uh, verse 30 this is Jesus talking here Notice what he says about doing God's will. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will. Oh, and Jesus is our example. But the will of the Father which has sent me. Jesus didn't even interject his own opinions about subjects. He said, I only speak as I hear, and I only judge as I'm shown the information. And because he got his information directly from God, what he said was always right, and his judgment was always right. It was always fair. Amen? But this is the attitude of our Savior, Jesus. All right, go to John chapter 6. Hallelujah. Well, before we go there, go to Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 42. Luke 22, verse 42. He's in the garden. And he's praying. He said, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless... Not my will, but yours be done. 
Everybody say, not my will. So Jesus was asking the Father, okay, if there's another way, do it. But if there's not another way, your will, not my will. Not what I want, not what I desire, not what I feel, not what I think, your will. Everybody say, your will. You know, he, for the first time in his life, he's about to be separated from his father. What do you mean? When Jesus was on the cross and he took the sin on the world, what did the father do? He turned his back for that moment, didn't he? That's what the Bible says. He was separated from God. For the, why? Because sin separates us from God. He took the sin of the whole world on himself. And he was about to undergo the most severe and cruel punishment that any man could ever go through and he was willing to do it why because it was god's will for him to be a sacrifice if god wanted you to be a sacrifice would you be willing to be a sacrifice or no i want to live longer but you're a sacrifice what if you were martyred like stephen he was serving god waiting on tables healing people Defending the faith. He didn't do anything wrong, but people didn't, they couldn't argue against him, so they got mad. (laughs) You know, the Holy Ghost will make your enemies so mad at you. (laughs) And so they stoned Stephen. And what was he doing? He was so engrossed in God's will, he was looking at Jesus standing at the throne of God. He knew that he had done what was right in God's sight. Everybody say in God's sight. See, the thing about God's sight, he's looking when no one else is. When you're by yourself, what kind of person are you? When you're at home and you don't have a church service, do you read your Bible? Do you pray and worship God? If you're filled with the Spirit, do you pray in tongues when no one else is looking around? Oh, it's easy to do it in this atmosphere. But how about when you're by yourself? How about when you're stressed out and and worry starts knocking on the door? And fear starts banging on the door. What are you going to do then? What kind of person are you? See, this is what God looks at. Are you going to do his will when no one else is around you? When no one else is going to support you? Are you going to do his will if you're the only one? You know, when I, uh, my parents didn't fully, at the time, they didn't fully understand what Rama was, because we grew up Catholic, and uh, you know my sister was the pioneer. My sister Kristen, she was she she got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, led me to the Lord, and uh, she went to be a missionary in the Philippines for six months. She was a registered nurse, living at home, and she got involved in YWAM, and. Uh, She was following God. And I saw that when she followed God and did what God wanted her to do, that he had blessings along the path. So I learned that from my sister. I learned that if I do what God wanted me to do, I will run into the blessings. See, he only has the blessings on the path of obedience or the place of assignment. Right? If you're not in the path of obedience and if you're not in the place of assignment, don't expect the blessing to meet you there. And I watched my sister. She went to the Philippines. She contracted malaria. 
the guy that she'd been dating for a year and a half broke up with her because he was a missionary too and he was off to Saipan and met someone else. And someone was late to pick her up at the airport. She was stuck at the airport in Manila, Philippines for hours because someone was late or forgot that she needed to pick her up. But she got through all that and she met a man named Kel who was the director of the base. And here's how God works, okay? When you're following God's will, he'll do good things for your life. For the first time ever, my father, he was a State Farm insurance agent for 34 years. For the first time in his career, he sold a million dollars worth of life insurance. And when you qualify with with that amount, uh, State Farm sends you on a trip. And that trip that year was to Maui, Hawaii, okay? It just so happened that one of my sister's outreaches was going to be in Maui. It just so happened to be at the same time that my parents and I were going to be there, that she was going to be there. That's God. And so when we met my sister, because she'd been gone for about four months now, we hadn't seen her, she'd been out of the country, right? So we saw her, she's doing good, but she's talking about this older man named Cal from New Zealand, right? Well, they they ended up getting married, and uh, they have uh, three kids, two boys and a girl. And, uh, but, you know, and he's been a great, they've been a great blessing to me. You know, thank God that my sister got born again and led me to the Lord. Amen. I'm forever grateful for that. She was the one who invited me to church. You know, you need to invite someone to church. What if they say no? Then invite someone else. Invite people until they say yes. You're going to find a yes at one time. When you find that yes, grab onto that yes. Say, I'll pick you up. <laughs> Amen. But you, but we have a good church and you, you ought to feel comfortable bringing people here. When people come here, they're going to be accepted. They're going to be loved. Doesn't matter what they look like or where they came from. Amen. And they're going to hear the word of God. They're going to be exposed to God's plan for their life. Amen. It's worth the risk. And anyway, Getting back to my parents really didn't understand Rhema at that time. Of course, they have a lot more information about it now. So, uh, you know, I sent my application in to go to Rhema. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, it would be really nice because we were scheduled to go to New Zealand in uh, July of 1990. Okay, we're going to have the whole month. My family, my, my parents and I, we were going to go to New Zealand. I told the Lord, I said, it'd be really nice to get my acceptance letter before I go to New Zealand so it's not on my mind. And you know, God's got a sense of humor. We were leaving on a Saturday. Guess when my acceptance letter came? Friday. You know, I got my acceptance letter in the mail, okay? So I had a conversation with my parents because they were a little bit leery because they wanted me to go to college. And at the time, I didn't really have a heart for college, but I, after Rayma, I had a heart for college, and that's where I met Fiona, so... Uh, it's good to follow your heart. Because <laughs> when, you, when you do what God wants you to do, you run into blessings. I ran into a ble- my greatest blessing in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, I respected my brother-in-law, and he was just encouraging me to, you know, submit to my parents. So I, 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 was, I had a conversation with my parents. I said, well, what do you think about me going to Ramah? You know, I was going to go. I mean, even if I had to go by myself, I was going to go. I already purposed that in my heart. If my parents weren't going to help me or support me, I was going to go. Didn't matter. Because I heard from God. This is what God wanted me to do for my life. And, uh, well, my mom said, well, 
You're not going out of the country. And um, you're not that far away. And if this is what you want to do, okay. I was like, yes. Because <laughs> then my parents, they packed up the truck and moved me to Oklahoma. And I'll never forget the day. They, they helped me get set up in an apartment. So at that time, Raymond was starting in August. I was gone the whole month of July out of the country. So I didn't have time to get roommates. I didn't have time to, you know, the only furniture that I had when I went to Rama, I had a, a cot that my feet hung over about four or five inches. I had a folding card table, two folding chairs, and a TV and a VCR. That's all the furniture that I had. Didn't have a couch, okay? While I was at Rama, someone bought me a brand new bed. And uh, God just provided a church that I had visited once in Indiana, supported me with $100 a month. I mean, God, when, when you step out to do God's will, God will support you. God will see you through. All right? And uh, it was a great success, and Raymond was 10 times better than what I thought it was. And uh, I'm so glad that I did what God wanted me to do. Was there some sacrifice? Yeah. But this, the blessing, the sacrifice can't even compare to the blessings that came. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Say, God has a will for me. All right? You know, in, in, the, in the epistles, you'll often find Paul write, uh, I'm an apostle by the grace and the will of God. So God chose Paul to be an apostle. He didn't necessarily choose it himself, but once he realized that that's what God wanted for him, that's what he did the rest of his life. He didn't, he didn't turn back. He didn't turn to the right or the left. He kept on doing God's will. All right? Um, so let me give you some things that are going to help you do God's will. Okay? Since I have 10 pages, I could go on for a long time, but I'm not going to go on for a long time. Someone said amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Woo! Number one, if you're going to do God's will, you need to have a strong commitment. You know, people lack commitment today because you know why? They don't fear God today. See, if you, fear, if you really feared God, if you really had a, a fear of God that the Bible talks about, the fear of God is reverence, respect, and honor for God, for God's people, and for God's things and places. Okay? So you need to have a strong commitment. James 1.12 says this, blessed is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. This is the Amplified. Everybody say steadfast and perseveres. That's someone with a strong commitment. Amen? Say, I need a strong commitment. See, yeah, if you're going to do God's will, you've got to be committed. If you're going to enter into a marriage, you've got to be committed. Marriage is based on commitment and love. Right? Those of you that are married, have you ever faced challenges? Ever had disagreements? Flesh get in the way of things sometimes? But you persevered, right? You, you worked through it, right? You were committed. We're going to make this thing work, amen? Listen, Dr. Fiona and I, we're committed. We've been here for 21 years. This is our 21st year at this church. We're committed. We've been through some things. All the other people got sucked up in the smoke, but we're still standing. Glory to God. 
Number two, if you want to do God's will, you need to have undivided devotion to God. Go to Romans 12.12. Undivided devotion. Romans 12.12. Constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ, steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer. God needs some people who are devoted to him. We're going to be there. You know, God looks at faithful, not faithless. Amen? All right, number three. If you're going to do God's will, you need a willing and obedient heart. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come, now let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Woo! Thank God you've been cleansed and you're white as snow. Then he says, Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So he gives you a choice. You could be willing and obedient, and you'll eat good, or you could rebel and uh, reject, and you'll be devoured. Would you rather be devoured or eat well? How many want to eat well? Say amen. Number four, if you want to do God's will, you need a submissive heart. James 4, 7 says, submit to God and the devil will flee from you. And let me tell you this. Agreement is not submission. Necessarily. You can still submit even when you disagree. Because you respect the authority. And just because you have a disagreement, that's not a right to, to not be submissive. Now, submissive has been a negative. Religion has made submissive a negative word. But Ephesians tells us, like, even in a marriage, you're supposed to submit to one another, each other. Right? Because each other has some, something to give, something to input. Amen? Say to each other. But you've got to submit to God. If you're not submitting to God, you're definitely not going to do his will. God tells you to do something. No. I don't want to. Not going to do it. We've all had those moments, haven't we? Yes, we have. Number uh, five. If you want to do God's will, you need to give him your focused attention. Proverbs 4.20 says this. My son, pay attention to my words. Be willing to learn. Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. I want you to, this, this passage of scripture, notice how many things they refer to sight. That's your focus. Keep them in the center of your heart. Verse 22, they are life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. Watch over your heart. That's the third one. With all diligence, uh, for from it flow the springs of life. Verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put devious lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. That's focus, right? Uh, let your gaze be fixed straight on God. Verse 26, consider well, watch carefully the path of your feet, and all your ways will be steadfast and sure. Say my, under, my, my focused attention. 
Number six, if you want to do God's will, you have to have a wholehearted love for him. The greatest commandment of all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. But get the first one down pat and, you can, and it's easy to do the second one. Amen? This is what you have to do. You want to do God's will. How many want to do God's will? How many are committed? How many are devoted? How many are going to push through no matter what? All right? What is this? Uh, Number seven, give God your worship and praise. It is in times of worship and praise that he will speak to you the specifics of his will for you personally. It is in those times of, of interaction, of communication, of intimacy that you have with God that he will speak to you. Psalm 66, 4 says, all the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will praise your name in song. All right. And then number eight, he needs your dedication. He needs you to be dedicated. You know, when Jesus prayed that prayer in the garden, he consecrated, dedicated, and committed his will to God. And we need to dedicate our lives to God, right? When a baby is born, we don't baptize babies, but we dedicate babies, all right? First Samuel Chapter 1, verse 28, therefore, I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord, and they worship the Lord. That's Hannah. Everybody say dedicated. And then finally, the last one, if you want to do God's will, you've got to give him your time, talent, and treasure. You know, anytime someone entered into a covenant... There were an exchange of things. When, uh, when David and uh, Jonathan entered into a covenant, David gave something. Jonathan gave his sword and his belt. They, they, there was an exchange. You, you are in a covenant with God. And what we give to him is an exchange with him. Right? So... Your time talent, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your uh, increase, and your barns will be abundantly filled, and your vats will overflow with new wine. How many could use some new wine? Notice the wine is so great that it just bursts out. It explodes. God wants you to do his will. He made it possible to do his will. Amen. And we sang that song today. I'm surrendered. Well, I want you to surrender to God today and commit your life from this moment on that you're going to do what he wants you to do. And if you don't know it, you're going to find it out. You know, you can seek God. The Bible says when you seek him, you'll find him. If you need something from God and you seek him, he'll show it to you. Amen. That's how good God is. I want you to stand to your feet. You know what? If you need healing in your body, I want you to know, accept God's will that you're healed. Amen? He wants you whole. It didn't matter how you got into the circumstances you're in. God wants you whole. That's his will for your life. Say, I accept your will that I'm whole. From this moment on, 
Your power is going to be operating in my body. Amen. I'm going to be whole. I'm going to be operating at 100% operating capacity. You see how I'm talking? I'm talking like I have it now. That's how we got to speak. God's word faith is now. It's not tomorrow. It's not going to be. It's now. That's how we got to talk. And everybody repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I consecrate myself today. And I present my body to you as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is my spiritual act of worship. I commit today to follow after you, to serve you, to do what you want me to do, to live how you want me to live. To be what you want me to be. To go where you want me to go. I lay down my life. And I take up your life. Your eternal life. Your strength. Your power. Your purpose. Your plan. I will be who you want me to be. I am yours. You are mine in Jesus' name. And give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 I can't pray for you to do God's will. It's a choice that you have to make. It's a decision that you have to make. It doesn't matter your age. Moses decided that he was going to be a deliverer at 80. He grew up in the palace. He, he had all the best clothes, all the best food, all the best training, but he didn't decide to be a deliverer God's way until he was 80. John the Baptist decided he was going to be a forerunner in the womb. And he got excited. He got pumped up when Jesus, when, when Mary was carrying Jesus, he got pumped up, man. Esther, she didn't know it, but God put her with someone who was called to raise a queen, Mordecai. That's what he did. He raised a queen. She was an orphan. And she was a foreigner. She had no mother, no father, and Mordecai was a distant relative. But he treated her like his own daughter, and she became queen of a foreign nation. Ruth knew She committed her life to Naomi, and she knew that she was going to meet a man. So she gleaned in the right field. With Naomi's bad attitude, she refused to leave her. She she accepted her advice. She did what she said, and and it worked out. And Boaz was no longer ruthless. (laughs) Jesus knew that he was going to be the savior, the healer, the deliverer. David knew that he was going to be a shepherd, a king, and uh, the head of the righteous line where Christ would come to this earth. Jeremiah knew that he was going to be a prophet because God told him, I've called you to be a prophet before you were in the womb. But the question is, are you going to do what God wants you to do? That's the question for 2023. This is day one. What you do now will determine what happens this year. 
let's, let's determine that this is going to be the best year ever. I'm going to experience God's will like never before. I'm, and, and when you do God's will, you've got to be bold. You've got to be strong. You've got to be unwilling to compromise, unwilling to quit, unwilling to flinch, not look to the right, not, not look to the left. You've got to keep going on. And sometimes you've got to go through. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want God's will for this church. I want God's will for this city. I want God's will for this people. Amen? God's will is for us to have exploding growth, and we're going to grow, glory to God. We're, we're going to impact this city. And people are going to know that if VCF was never here, they're going to feel the impact of our, of our absence if that was to ever happen, but that's not going to happen. What I'm saying is we're going to have such a strong impact. Amen? And it's going to impact generations. Hallelujah. You're going to, you're going to be sowers. You're going to be growers. You're going to be students of the word. You're going to be disciples. Glory to God. You're, you're going to go forth with power and authority. You're going to do miracles in your sphere of influence, in the schools. Hallelujah. In the small groups that you, that you do, uh, in your neighborhoods, there's going to be an unleash of God's power. And God's just going to need a vessel of honor who's right there at the right time, in the right moment where God can flow through. Hallelujah. And miracles will happen. Homes are going to be changed. Family curses are going to be broken. Hallelujah. We're going to shut the door on the devil. Glory to God. We're going to get all that God wants us to have. Every blessing. Every good thing. Why? Because we're determined. Hallelujah. We're going to worship faithfully. We're going to attend regularly. Glory to God. We're going to come together. We're going to help one another when we need to. Glory to God. We're going to see God do great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's a new and fresh anointing coming in this place today. I'm breathing a fresh wind. A fresh wind. I'm going to make your fire burn brighter and hotter and higher, says the Lord. You're going to have a fire that's higher. A flame that's hotter. Glory to God. I'm breathing on you by my Holy Ghost. Like I breathed on the disciples and my spirit entered them. Like I breathed into Adam when I made him out of the earth and he became a living being. My breath will ignite life in your heart and in your mind. It will fill you with my life and strength and power. In this very hour. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say 2023. 2023. This is going to be the greatest year ever. I'm connected with God. I'm walking with God. I'm living for God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Bless you, Lord. Glory to God. Say, no more pain in my body. Body, I call you healed. I call you strong. I call you able to move. Blood, blood flow freely. No restrictions. No hindrances. Headaches are no more. I have the peace of God. I've been made whole. 
I've been touched by the anointing. I've been fixed by his presence. I give God the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm walking in the blessing. I'm taking dominion. I'm being fruitful. I'm increasing. I'm strong. I have wisdom. I have knowledge. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Anything else, Father? I think we accomplished it today. I gave you what he gave me. Now the ball's in your court. Run with it. Run with it. Run with it! Hallelujah! Oh, I need to take a lap. Glory to God. Run with it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow, that felt good. Whoo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you, you may not be a run. It might just be a step out. Amen. Okay, we're done. (laughs) 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 (laughs)